It was supposed to be a routine prisoner transport. Here, a million miles from home. Hello? Drop your weapon. I ain't going back. They're about to discover nothing is what it seems. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Seat Struck Movie Podcast. Uh, I am your host, Quinn. Joining me today is my co-host, Curtis. Hello. And today, we are continuing on our John Carpenter watch series. And our topic of conversation today is Ghosts of Mars, uh, a film from 2001, starring uh, actually a pretty wide wide cast. Yeah, the, 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 the whole... Uh... Crew is there. Ice Cube, my main man, Ice Cube, my favorite rapper. <laughs> Shouts to Ice Cube. Uh, yeah, Jason Statham, Pam Greer, just to name a few. Um, yeah, a few legends in this one for sure. But before we get into that, um, we're going to kick things off with what um, what do we add to our watch list? So, mm-hmm. uh, Curtis, do you want to let everyone know what you uh, added this week? Yeah, so I had quite a few things I had to my watch list, and I didn't want to be too greedy, so I, I kind of carried over some of the stuff I watched this week uh, into next week, too, and my watch list as well. Um, so a few things on my watch list uh, this week. So number one was um, uh, I wanted to see RoboCop 2. I actually didn't wasn't crazy about the original. I watched the TV series. I really like the TV series, actually, uh, but I've never actually seen RoboCop 2, and it has kind of this weird cult following, a bit like Predator 2. Uh, I think, you know, it kind of attacks, like, you know, corporate greed and all those kind of usual themes too. Some some of the, some of the themes that uh, Paul Verhoeven had in the original RoboCop. So I don't know if you've seen that one. Have you seen that uh, the second one? RoboCop two? Yeah, I have. Yeah. yeah. Is, it, is it good or? Yeah, it's okay. It's I okay, mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I just it, it'll never touch the first one. You know what yeah. I mean? Or, yeah, like, I don't never touch the first RoboCop. But yeah, RoboCop two is fun, man. There's a lot of like funny shit in it, and uh, yeah, definitely a, definitely a cult following movie, no doubt. I guess it's like kind of like uh, you know comparing comparing the first Predator or the second Predator Predator Two to Predator One. You know, like the the first one was so good, and you know the second one's kind of a buried gem in my opinion. But you know, nothing kind of touches the first one, like maybe except for Prey. But you know, that's a whole new ball game too. Um, I also want to watch. I think a lot of people have probably heard about it already too. So Netflix has a new uh, TV series, a Wednesday, based on the Adams Family, and I was kind of thinking about what John was saying last week too. He was really keen on Adams Family values, uh, so I think I'll check out the. Wednesday TV series too. I also like Jenna Ortega, who's the who's playing Wednesday. I think she's a great uh, actress. Nice to see Catherine Zeta Jones too. I think she's playing Morticia. I haven't seen her in a lo- long time too, and she's a great actress. So it'll be nice to see her again. Um, I'm also I also added True. <laughs> I wanted to watch True Blood actually because I hate I hate all that Twilight, and I thought like True Blood was more like Twilight, but I mean it did get uh, um, HBO kind of uh, programming. I mean, so does Sex in the City, and I don't like Sex in the City, but I thought I might give True Blood a, a watch too, so that's on HBO. Um, looking through uh, Takashi Miike's uh, old this filmography too, I came upon another movie too called Dead or Alive, uh, which I want to watch. He's a weird director, man. He does like really fucked up shit like the Masters of Horror one, which we'll probably talk about uh, at the end of our Carpenter Watch series, but he also does all, he did these Yakuza movies too, so I, I wanted to watch Dead or Alive. I don't know too much about it, but it's a Yakuza movie. I like like Yakuza movies. I love uh, Beat Takashi's movies, uh, Violent Cop. Um, so I might check that out. Um, I also want to watch so many things this week. <laughs> uh, Sins of Our Mother, which is a TV series. Um, it's kind of one of those crime uh, Netflix crime docuseries too, but I really like the director for this one. I forget her name offhand, but um, she did a couple other ones called uh, The Girl in the Picture and recently, which I, I just watched, um, I Just Killed My Dad, which is really good. Oh, there's a girl. <laughs> and... Uh, 
yeah, I, a couple other ones too. I want to watch a movie called The uh, Gray Zone. This is a movie that came out in 1997, and uh, it's an Italian film. I don't even know why I put it on my list, but <laughs> I think it sounded interesting. <laughs> and last but not least, uh, there's another movie I want to watch called The Deep End. It's with Tilda Swinton um, too. I think what happens in that one is she plays a mother, and her uh, she lives in this kind of upper middle city uh, class life. And I think her, uh, she finds that her son's having a, uh, is a high school student. He's having an affair with a 30 year old man too. And she tries to intervene too. And I think someone ends up getting killed and, you know, there's all this money and of course there is. <laughs> and uh, I thought that'd be kind of cool to check out. So that was a pretty big watch list this week. What about you? What did you watch? What did you add to your watch list? Yeah. So the first one I added was a Norwegian film from 2021. And it is during the bright Nordic summer. A group of children reveal their dark and mysterious powers when the adults oh, are in yeah, this original and gripping supernatural thriller. Playtime takes a dangerous turn. That's the one on that's on Shuttery. I've seen that movie. That's a really good movie. It's like it feels like something that Stephen King like this, is like the best Stephen King movie adaptation that he never wrote, you know, and right. there's one scene I will say, like, because I know you like cats, too. There's a scene where a little bastard kills a cat. Um, but like, just be ready for that. You, you'll know yeah. a mile away. But oh, yeah. it, it's really good. I think you'll like it. For sure, yeah. Um, and then the other film <clears throat> that I uh, that I added to my list, it's a French film called Raw. Well, that's a good one, too. And uh, yeah, a young woman studying to be a vet develops a craving for human flesh. Um, yeah, sounds like a pretty badass horror. I think it's yeah. A24, too, and I, I'm a big fan of their films. Um, so yeah, I added that. Another one I added, this is a little bit more silly, I would say. <laughs> uh, and it's called Savage Streets. And uh Savage Streets from 1984, starring Linda Blair, who is most known for her role in The Exorcist. And uh a teenage vigil vigilante seeks revenge on a group of violent thugs who raped her handicapped sister and killed her best friend. So it's a uh, banned 80s movie got a lot of controversy but apparently it's a pretty neat watch pretty wild and uh linda blair's great in it i heard so <laughs> i added that and the last movie i added this week is a movie that i keep hearing about apparently it's a horror masterpiece called the wailing it's a korean film and uh soon after a stranger arrives in in a little village a mysterious sickness starts spreading a policeman drawn into the incident is forced to solve the mystery in order to save his daughter so um <clears throat> yeah sorry I'm a um yeah no apparently it's phenomenal <clears throat> yeah i tried and, to watch that one a couple of times because it's uh, i heard it's really good too it's kind of like on train to busan that kind of tier you know but it's such a long movie i always like i never have like the time to watch it you know which is kind of bad because i heard such great things about it that's right yeah no for sure i'm i'm the same boat um yeah it's almost two hours and 40 minutes long all right so we'll we're, we'll move ahead here and then we'll, let's talk about what we watched this week so mm -hmm. uh yeah. So what uh, would you watch this week, Curtis? Yeah. So again, I, I had a lot of stuff on, so I carried it over into next week too. Um, I watched uh, I watched the Night of the Hunter last week and I watched uh, this other one that uh, Tim Blake Nelson did. So he's known for a lot of, he did a lot of movies with the Coen brothers. Uh, he played Buster Scruggs, really good actor. And he actually directed a movie in 1997 called Eye of God. Uh, Nick Stahl was in it too. The guy you might recognize him from Terminator 3. He's a kid in it too. Basically, this kid is uh, he's disabled and he sees like a, witness, a murder take place. So there's a whole bunch of storyline. And then we have this other storyline where this uh, young woman, she's writing to this guy in prison and the guy gets paroled. And it turns out he, well, 
surprised he's a psychopath and really abusive. Um, it was okay. I thought it could have been better. It was kind of beautifully shot, like these kind of working class lives intertwine. But I mean, I don't know. After watching Night of the Hunter, you know, we we have also this guy in the movie who's this kind of psychopathic preacher. <laughs> and I think, I don't know, I kept like maybe unfairly, can you know, going back to Night of the Hunter, I'm like, oh, Night of the Hunter is just so much better. So it was all right, but it wasn't my favorite. Um, but I mean, nice. The performance is really good. And uh, it was kind of fun to check out, I guess. I also watched the movie L.I.E. I think you'd like this one, Quinn. I don't know if you've heard of it. Um, it's, it's Paul Dano's first film. Uh, oh, so, nice. Yeah, yeah. We, I love Paul Dano because uh, I know you love Prisoners and the Batman, too. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's like his first uh, main starring role. And Brian Cox is in it, too. And basically, Paul Dano plays this kid. And he's kind of like a little shit. You know, he like steals from people and stuff. And then he kind of has this friendship with this guy this older guy and the older guy is like a pedophile and it's about him kind of exploring a sexuality too but also like it also indicts the kind of obviously the pedophile too but it's a really great performance from brian cox and paul dano and uh yeah the lie stands for long island expressway too so i think it's shot in new york uh new york city i think i i don't know new york city very well but i think it's shot in new york city uh but it's really well done you know pretty disturbing themes obviously taboo themes but i think it's handled pretty well too and a really great performance from Paul Dano too, as, as a as a little kid. So I mean, he always looks kind of very boyish looking, you know. But like, he's actually a little kid in this movie, and I thought it was pretty good. So good for him. I also watched the uh, House of the Dragon, uh, the new Game of Thrones spinoff, uh, the the premiere. Um, it was okay. Everyone was like, "Oh, ten out of ten, you know. Well, I, it wasn't my favorite, you know. I don't know if you watched it, Quinn, the uh, new one. It it was all right. Like, I mean, the the set design's beautiful. The production values are great too. But I mean. I don't know. I, I kind of wanted a little bit more with the story. Maybe there was a really cool jousting tournament. That was pretty cool. But yeah, I mean, obviously first episodes, so early days, maybe it gets better. I think when I watched Game of Thrones originally, I liked the first couple episodes, but it wasn't amazing until like a couple seasons in. Um, but I mean, we'll see how it goes. So I'll watch a few more episodes, but it wasn't uh, it wasn't 10 out of 10 for me. I maybe get a six or seven out of 10. Uh, I also watched, uh, I don't know if you recommend this one to me. It was Trainwreck uh, Woodstock 99, the, the, uh, film on um or i think it was a docuseries on uh, netflix and it's about the uh so you know it's everything that <laughs> woodstock 1969 was and it was a fucking train wreck of a thing people yeah. got scammed and ripped off and they went crazy and i mean maybe one of the worst things is they had like a lot of new metal playing too i don't like new metal no but seriously though there was a lot of like sexual assault too so it was really bad and i think it shows like a lot of the toxic masculinity too like a lot of the women um you know didn't feel safe there too you know it wasn't it wasn't that kind of hippie wonderland um so yeah the documentary wasn't too bad i think they could have dug a little bit deeper i think um but for what it was you know it was a three-part episode didn't have too much of a netflix sheen so uh that was good and i also watched um watched so much this week <laughs> i just killed my dad which is a tv series uh it's also a docuseries on netflix true crime docuseries really well done it's about this boy uh kind of from this rich kid and uh you know he's super introverted and he uh, ends up shooting his dad and killing his dad it's a three-part docuseries but just when you think you know you have all the answers they have like a couple plot twists and i don't want to spoil it at all uh but it, it's really really good so if you're looking for your true crime fix um director also did girl in the picture as i mentioned too and she has another one coming up too she's doing really well on netflix and i think that's worth uh, watching um my friend in uh i, w- I went to durham university um, is, a, is a screenwriter. She just uh, had a new series come out on Dave TV called Dead Canny. It's shot in uh, Northeast England in a small town called Consett. 
Uh, so all kind of northern cast, really good, you know, for the, the economy there, too, because they don't have a lot of job opportunities. Uh, I watched the pilot. It was really fun to watch. I had to use the VPN. I had to <laughs> register for free for Dave TV. But, uh, you know, I like to support my friends and uh, really cool to see a friend, you know, for my master's year, you know, actually uh, involved with the production and, you know, writing the scripts. And it was pretty funny. It's kind of charming. So, uh, and I love those Northern accents too. They're pretty great. So I watched that. And uh, last one uh, is Quinn. And I, I was discussing just before the podcast, I watched the season one of Peaky Blinders, with my girlfriend, really nice with that series. Cause there's only like six episodes per season. So you can kind of like binge it right away if you want to. So I, I might do that, but uh, yeah, Killy Murphy is great. Uh, I'm, I'm still trying to pro figure him out. Cause he's like, he's not quite like a full, like, psychopath but he has a lot of like sociopathic traits and i mean yeah i haven't quite figured him out yet but he's definitely the smartest one of the brothers <laughs> you know yes. and uh, great uh, performance too from sam neill as a, as a villain i mean i think you know with the black lives matter thing i think that's really interesting to look at watch that show because when i was watching that show you know just the police were actually worse than the the peaky blinders i think sometimes especially with that you know how corrupt they were so it really makes you think about you know how policing is done and everything and uh you know the, the the function of the police too because i mean a lot of times they the police purposely show up late to these crime scenes and they're supposed to be you know protecting these people not like beating up and crucifying or whatever you know the prisoners but it was a really good show i'm i'm excited for season two six seasons to look forward to so I'll definitely be watching more of that. So thanks to Quinn. I think you were the one originally recommended it to me. So I finally got around to watching it. What did you watch this week? Yeah, no, um, definitely some great watches in there, Curtis. That's awesome. Um, yeah, this week I watched a few things. Um, I watched, I finally saw Mandy. I tell you, I I loved it. Well, I great. absolutely loved it. <laughs> I th- the first 20 minutes of that movie, some of the most beautiful filmmaking I've ever seen in my life. The colors, the score, everything. Just, it's absolutely gorgeous. And, uh, you know, the pace changes up a little bit after the first 15, 20 minutes. But um, honestly, it's through and through. I I thought it was a fucking awesome movie. And Nicolas Cage is fantastic in it. And uh, honestly, I I can't say enough um, good things about Mandy. And I I have to say, because... I wasn't able to come on for the Mandy episode, but I can't remember which one of your friends was the big Mandy fan. I don't re- oh, remember. Oh, uh, Simon is a huge Mandy fan. It was. Fan. A, okay, yeah. it was Simon. Okay. Because I, I will say Simon was right. This movie was fantastic. I loved every minute of it. I didn't want it to end. The chainsaw duel was fucking awesome. Great choreography. I just, oh, I, I can't say enough good things about Mandy. So check that out if you haven't. I'm really uh, glad you liked it. It's so much fun oh, too. Oh. It's just like I, the way it's shot too. It's like they have all the, it feels like you're on a dr- drugs or something when you watch yeah, it. Yeah. Just, Oh my God. <laughs> just, I love, I love things that are different in film. And I just, I, I, I don't know. It, it's easily becoming one of my favorite watches that I've watched in the last several years. Um, yeah, I, ne- I never like I was so happy to, at the end, you know, it's well, a bit of a spoiler, but I was so I've never been so happy to see a villain get killed too. Cause I hated oh, God. Yeah. That guy. But, <laughs> yeah. But, but you know what? That it was just, Oh man, that movie hit me hard, and and that's uh, that's one I want to get on Blu-ray just to have a physical copy because yeah, uh, you can see just... the cult appeal too. Because I mean, there's so oh. much to enjoy from it. The Chainsaw Duel and like oh man, even the music. I downloaded the whole like album. I have the album actually from the, of Jeremiah Sand. If you want me to send it, so oh it's pretty... dude, it's beautiful. Um, but uh, yeah, the next thing I watched was a movie called Good Time, 
starring is uh, a it's a safety brothers film same guys who did uncut gems yeah it's a good one i like it's a good time a lot good time was fantastic uh starring robert pattinson in the lead role and uh, i can't remember if it's benny safety or the other brother who plays pattinson's brother anyway anyways um oh, yeah such a, he, robert pattinson's such a douchebag in that movie and that awful he is. <laughs> yeah he's but but you know what he's so rough around the edges and he's like it, it brings such attention um it wasn't my first time seeing good time but um i i enjoyed it and i and i liked the ending too and i know people some people liked the ending some people didn't i i thought the ending was actually really uh thought-provoking um so yeah check out good time it's like an hour and 20 minutes. It goes in really quick. Um, and then I, I, I watched the sequel to The Orphan called Orphan First That's a Kill. new one, yeah. Well, I should say a prequel because it is a prequel. Um, yeah, starring, um, can't remember what her name is. I'm terrible for that. But uh, Julia Stiles is in it. I haven't seen Julia Stiles in anything in a long yeah, time. Yeah, I think she was in like the Born, one of the Born movies. And that was like the last I seen of her. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, that, that I think that was the last time I saw her because I uh, I'm a I love Save the Last Dance. I think that's a fantastic movie and it's underrated. It, does, it doesn't get mentioned enough, um, I think. And uh, Orphan First Kill, not bad. You know, not great. Not it wasn't bad. Middling, though. Was yeah. yeah, there was you know like I I could have done without it, but it was also really cool to see the Esther character coming back. And it's amazing because it's been quite a while since the first Orphan and. Uh, she's she's barely aged she almost yeah it's the like same. the same the same actress right so yeah, same actress same everything and uh it's an interesting prequel and it, it's a nice little touch to the story for sure um and then the last thing i watched i threw it on my vhs uh my vcr slash tv um i threw on terminator 2 judgment day which is one of my go-to movies i watch it like i don't know a couple times a year um i just love it uh I, yeah i just love it uh, arnold schwarzenegger is cool i love edward furlong i love back in those days edward furlong was just awesome loved him in american history x loved him in this um yeah just a just a fucking classic it's uh, just a classic there's really cool moments and it's a pretty dark movie if you think about it but um yeah that's pretty much all i watched today um curtis did you want to talk about Ghost of Mars? Yeah, we could talk about Ghost of Mars. So this is um at, to date, I mean John Carpenter's still alive. I don't think he's as kind of enthusiastic about directing these days. Too. I mean, especially after the award, you know, but uh this is the second last uh Ghost of Mars uh film. So we're actually coming to the end of the watch series. We have the the ward uh next in the watch series, and then we'll probably do a special episode too. So he did the Masters of Horror series which uh which is a lot of fun actually he did one of the better episodes cigarette burns but um yeah this is uh <laughs> well it, i mean i i didn't get a chance to rewatch it but i remember it from memory too it wasn't really one of my his more memorable ones too but um john left us a lot of notes so thanks to john as well too as as quinn said it's kind of a very big cast for this movie too so we have jason statham my man ice cube natasha henstridge Claire Duvall, Pam Greer, Pam Greer returning in, in the film too. So he liked to have his returning actors. Um, it started off actually as a sequel to the Escape From series too. So it would have been a sequel to Escape From LA. So that would have been kind of cool, I think, to see Snake Plissken in it too. But it didn't really pan out that way. Um, but um, actually, it was uh, it was a myth. It turns out it was a myth and it was dispelled by um, the producer, Sandy King Carpenter as well too. Uh, it's kind of interesting too, you know, with this kind of one-two punch in the '90s with the 
the Vam John Carpenter's Vampires, and he did this one too. What did you think of that kind of transition? Because obviously it's a very different film than uh, Vampires, and I find I find these two films often get quite forgotten, or they're in the bargain bin or something. Yeah, no, for sure. Um, to be honest, I actually enjoyed this more than Vampires. I, I yeah. thought it was pretty cool. I just, you know what? I'm a I'm a big Pam, Pam Greer fan. I I love. I love Pam Grey. I loved her in Coffee. If you haven't checked out Coffee, you should watch because the coffee is mm. great. Um, and also, um, losing my mind here. Uh, <laughs> what's that Tarantino film? Oh, uh, Jackie Brown. What's Jackie Brown. Yeah. Man, she's good in Jackie Brown. I think Fuck. I saw I saw her in a uh, black exploitation film. I think. So. Yeah, dude. Oh, Pam Pam Grey is awesome. Like she's had a really cool career, and she's done a lot of cool movies that um, I don't think um, a lot of people talk about too much and also you know what i know ice cube's done a lot of garbage but uh i actually thought he was really cool in this i thought he was really good um you know i i'm a big friday fan i'm uh, to say i'm a boys in the hood fan is an understatement <laughs> yeah but I, I i think that uh he was really cool in this and i thought um you know some some lines and the ending was wicked and yeah so i mean it is it is kind of interesting i i you know, there's a lot I like about this one too. I kind of hold them on about the same level, I think, because I mean, there's aspects I like about vampires. I mean, it's quite slow, but there's aspects I like about this one too. I mean, they're not complete write-offs. They're not like terrible. I mean, I haven't seen the ward yet, so I mean, maybe we'll get to the ward. <laughs> but uh, you know, I I do think there is like a lot of fun moments in it too. And I think with John's review, John was quite keen, kind of coming back to the uh to the film um too, because I mean, there's a lot to kind of rediscover there when you come back to it um he also said that uh michelle yale uh, i hope i said her name right franca potent so she was from the born movies and famke jensen uh xena on a top in uh in goldeneye were the first choices for the role of melanie Ballard, but they turned it down uh courtney love from hole uh kurt cobain's girlfriend was originally cast but she left the project after her boyfriend's ex-wife ran over her foot in her car while she was in training for the picture, she would have something crazy like that happen. No. Uh, <laughs> Natasha Henstridge replaced her by the suggestion of her boyfriend, uh, Liam Waite. And Jason Statham was originally going to play Desolation Williams. But he was replaced by Ice Cube because the producers need some star power for the part. And Statham instead played the character of Jericho Butler. Um, kind of cool to see. Uh, I mean, I just love listening to Ice Cube's music. And it's so much fun because he had this like... I mean, you don't see him in much in, in films these days, but in the 90s and early 2000s, he was in a lot of like actually really good movies. Like he was in Th Three Kings, which isn't bad. And I mean, Friday, Friday is kind of classic, you know, uh, and he always has the same like Anaconda. Who could forget Anaconda? Yeah, he's Anac and he actually like spoiler alert, he survives Anaconda, too. It's like him and Jennifer Lopez, you know. <laughs> yep. So, I mean, yeah, he's cute, man. Um, I mean, he always has that same facial expression. I mean, I, I think if I was a black person in America, I'd be permanently pissed off too but i mean like i i love i love seeing him in films you know it's always the same expression but it's always oh, love a great cube. energy you know <laughs> yeah i love ice cube for sure he's my man so yeah, yeah so um a little bit about the film um kind of has a cult following too so a lot of uh critics when it came out they praised all of the action sequences and the soundtrack the idea the blending of genres too we see that kind of blending of genres with um uh, vampires too, you know, with the Western and the horror, but here we have a lot of cool stuff going on too. We have ghosts, you know, it's a little bit of horror, a little bit of action, a little bit of sci-fi too. Um, really indebted to a lot of the Western, the old West as well too. So uh, Howard Hanks um, kind of, so it has this name of uh, weird Western um, too. And um, 
I don't know, like, I, I don't know a good way. How would you kind of describe the plot synopsis if you were like describing it in, in a couple sentences? I don't really know because there's so much going on with this one. Yeah, no, I mean, it's quite convoluted, well, so it's hard to kind of give a proper plot sum summary. That's right. But like on IMDb, it says 200 years in the future, a Martian police unit is dispatched to transport a dangerous prisoner from a mining outpost back to justice. But when the team arrives, they find the town deserted and some of the inhabitants possessed by the former inhabitants of the planet. I can't really describe it better than that. Um, great action, though, uh, in this movie. I, I liked it. Like I said, I, I actually thought the plot was quite good. Um, and uh, yeah, just yeah, I mean, like some of the side, back. the, some of the like special effects are a bit dated, but like actually, like it's it's it is a fun movie. You know, you have a couple of beers, watch yeah. it. You know, <laughs> uh, no, it, it's a fun. You know, it runs at an hour and a half, so it's not too crazy. But like, yeah, um, I just liked the John's John Carpenter's use of um, like fire and stuff like that, and just mm -hmm. just the world that he sort of created. Um, I thought was really neat. Um, and he also stars in it too. He does a little. He does a little cameo in it too. Um, I recognize. I recognize that, that little mustache anywhere. <laughs> yes, that's right. Um, it's kind of cool. Like you watched this before, like Lord of the Rings, and I mean, you can. I don't. I mean, I didn't know if Peter Jackson watched this, but I don't know. Like I kind of thought those works when I saw like some of those guys, like the ghosts. You know, I don't yes. know. Maybe it's just me, but <laughs> no. Um. Yeah. I, I honestly, I thought it was a pretty cool movie. Um. I think uh, John had a couple other notes too. He mentioned talked about the music too. So it was kind of a weird soundtrack too. You had all kinds of different artists. You had uh, uh, John Carpenter obviously uh, did the score, um, but he had a lot of uh, he had an ensemble of of different guitarists too. So he had a uh, guitarist from Anthrax, Steve Vai, Buckethead. <laughs> Couldn't get a more like <laughs> ragtag team, but I mean it worked. Kind of mixed reviews when it came out. Uh, Twenty eight million dollar budget, and then it made uh, fourteen million dollars. So considered a box office bust but it had a kind of a cult following so it sold really well on dvd actually you know uh, our boy we always talk about roger ebert too of the chicago times he gave the film three out of four stars and he wrote ghost of mars delivers on its chosen level and i enjoyed it but i wonder why so many science fiction films turned into extended ex uh, exercises in blast the aliens this is an exercise where it works roger roper also gave the film three out of four stars saying is it stupid certainly but i think that's the point Carpenter is a smart man. He knows exactly what he's doing. I miss seeing campy action flicks like this, the drive-in. So <laughs> kind of fun, you know, like even, even Roger was, was kind of keen on it too. But I think it shows like how great of a director he is too. You know, even if he's doing a shitty movie with a stupid script, I mean, he could still make a decent movie out of it in the end. Right. And that's what we get too. We get this blending of genres. It's not from some like, you know, hack director. He's, he's a very well-established uh, director by this point too. I mean, it's the second last film. Um, I, I really hope he does direct more. I don't know. I, I don't want him to do like another ward with Amber Heard but I, I, uh, or Johnny Depp. Uh, but like, uh, I, I hope he does like another film because I think he still has it in him. But, you know, he just needs to get that kind of creative spark, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And that's the thing, like the thing that I love about, I think that we all love this aspect of John Carpenter. But I what I love about him is that, you know, he's not. He's not trying to be a Spielberg or, or maybe a little bit, but he's not trying to be, you know, Martin Scorsese, bring out the, the next greatest thing. Like, mm. I, I, I think John Carpenter, he made a lot of films, you know, n knowing how they were going to be received. And, and, and he has fun with his films as we do watching them. You know what I mean? Like a movie like Big Trouble in Little China, which is one of my favorites from John, um, you know, th th they're not trying to. They're not trying to win an Oscars here. They're, they're they're trying to capture your your attention and 
for you to have fun in it. And it's no different than, um, you know, the, the escape movies or vampires or this one. Um, you know, they, they all have their own sort of atmosphere and feel to them. And it all comes down to just like having a good time. Like you said, you can always have a couple of beers and watch, um, you know, most of his work and just just have fun with it. But then, you know, he has his classics, too. Right. Like the thing. I take mm. the thing very seriously. Yeah, that's one uh, of my favorites, too. I think it's my yeah, favorite of all of them. Absolutely. So it's like the thing I the thing I take seriously but you know this one you don't really need to take it seriously just it's just an action thriller and it's just again it's it's just for you to have a good time and so, i think i think we do get a little taste of that you know old john carpenter horror i was really glad that masters of series uh, thing came along too because i mean it's really fun to revisit those like some of them are kind of crap some of them are okay but some of them are really good and i think cigarette burns is, is viewed as one of the best ones too and i john was saying too you know it's it be it was too bad they didn't have as a series today because i feel like you know shutter would eat that right up you know they'd be like yep we'll have like three seasons of it you know and that'd be kind of cool you know because a lot of these old directors are still alive and i mean they're not really doing much anymore these days you know but a couple of them are still around you know and it would be kind of fun to uh to have have uh you know maybe a masters of horror part two or something i think it'd be nice to bring that back um if they're gonna bring anything back and um yeah john also said um John Carpenter was kind of retrospective about the criticism film and the criticism. He stated he was frustrated that most people thought the film was meant to be a serious horror movie. He feels like he should have made the uh, film more openly comedic. I always thought of it as more of a science fiction film personally and in on the joke saying, I have no power over what critics say, but when people complained about the movie being campy and not scary, the name of the movie is Ghost of Mars. I figured the campiness would be self-explanatory. It does kind of sound like one of those pulpy novels too. And he yep. said he tried he tried to make it like uh, make it tongue in cheek and over the top. He wanted to make it like action eighties action movies like Commando and Predator and First yeah. First Blood Part Two. Yeah, I think he kind of succeeded in a way too. I mean, the action sequences are really fun, and I mean, yeah. it is kind of hammy. You know, it's not as fun as any of those movies, I don't think. But I mean, like it is it's it's fun, you know. Yeah. No. Absolutely, man. And 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 that's just it. Like it has you know a little a little funny title and. Like you said, the the action sequences are awesome. It is. It, it does have the '80s action thriller feel to it. It's just super cool. It's well shot. I liked the effects. I thought it was the makeup was pretty good. Yeah, I I can't really shit on this movie all that much to be honest. Yeah, I mean, I... some some things and everything, but honestly, I thought the cast was good. It was well casted all around, and yeah, I can't really tear this movie up. I I feel bad like not having rewatched this movie for t- today, but like. I mean, it is fun to talk about just in, in, in retrospect and in context, too. And I think when I watched at the time, I think it was like the TV cut, too. So they obviously cut out a lot of scenes, too. And I remember, uh, like, I just I just don't really remember it, you know? Like, I remember, like, how could I forget Ice Cube? But, like, <laughs> I mean, just yeah. a lot of the movie, I just, I really don't remember. And, I mean, it, it might be kind of fun to go back to it, too. Um, yeah, for sure, man. I definitely recommend you do that. Like, this was my first watch. Um, I had heard of the movie, but I I watched it specifically for this podcast for the first time. And uh, it was one of the like I thought some of the ones that we've done over the past several months are pretty dog shit. Good. Yeah, not good and forgettable. <laughs> and oh, the, what was your least favorite? It was the uh, which one did you really hate? There was one that you hated even more than Memoirs of an Invisible Man. I didn't oh, like. Is, me- I didn't like Memoirs. I didn't like vam- Vampires. Yeah, you didn't like Vampires. That was the one you hated that one more than Memoirs. I think. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, I don't. I could. I'll never watch those movies again. But <laughs> you know, you know, Escape from LA wasn't half bad. I 
I love Escape from New York. I think Escape from New York is one of my favorite John Carpenter yeah, films. Yeah, it's so full of ideas. And that's one thing, you know, I think even if his ideas don't work, he always has ideas and everything too. And he's, he's an ideas man. And I think you really see that with this movie too. You know, it just has so much going yeah. on in it too. Ready for better, for worse. Um, but yeah, that's, I mean, that's all I have to say about it too. Did you have any other comments at all about the film? Um, no, not really. Um, I, I, I just, I really, uh, I really liked how it ended. It was, it, go back and check out the ending if you don't remember. Uh, <laughs> Ice Cube's got a pretty like cool line just before it cuts to credits. And, uh, yeah, it's pretty sweet. Um, I personally, uh, I gave it a three out of five. Mm-hmm. Cause like I said, it's not a it's not a great movie. It's a it's a good movie. Yeah, it's, not a, it's not a terrible movie, you know. No, it's not terrible. Mm-hmm. It's fun. I laughed. I had a good time watching it. Um, I probably will visit it again, but not for a while. Go in sort of fresh the next time. Um, yeah, I just I think I'm also giving it maybe an extra point just just for the cast. Like I love Pam Greer. I love Jason Statham. I love Ice Cube. Those all of them, they're just awesome. And uh, I I did think that it was well created. I don't know. I did I didn't end up checking out um what kind of a budget. Carpenter I think it was had. it was, uh, it was uh, twenty eight million, and he made it only half of the the uh, half of it back. Yeah, that's a shame. It only grossed uh eight point seven million in the U.S. I guess it must have been hard to market because they probably saw it as like some B movie and like you know what what is this film? Is it about ghosts? Is it about Mars? Is it about both? And I guess it's well, hard. It was hard to find audience. You know. Yeah, and like the the whole movie was filmed in New Mexico, apart mm. from a little bit uh, shot in California. But like I said, I I just I, I thought the atmosphere that he created and the world that he created, you know, it's supposed to be futuristic, and I, I thought it was pretty cool. It almost had like a little bit of Mad Max sort of vibes to it in a way. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I I wonder yeah. if this film would have done better, you know, if it had actually come out in the eighties, you know, because I think about well, I know you hated yeah. it, but. But I feel like vampires and and Ghost of Mars they almost feel like more '80s movies than. A hundred percent, I I couldn't agree with you more. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I I I do believe that if this and Vampires came out, it would definitely would have been more successful because at the time yeah. of his career, right, he was he was making making dollars and he was yeah. very popular. Where I find this is towards the end of his career, people cared less and yeah. pe- people missed that nostalgia. I think and. Uh, it's unfortunate because I'm sure that there's pe- people that have never seen this. Um, and, t- and I'll be honest, going into this movie, I didn't know much about it. And mm. this was my first time watching it. And I went in going, oh, are we going to have another vampires? Like, Yeah, to be honest, I was a little bit ignorant to, like going in. But then like once the movie started and kicked like, off, I was like, OK, I can go behind this. <laughs> New, New Mexico film, filming done right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So. Yeah, no, three out of five for me. Honestly, I can't tear it up too much. I am going to watch it again. But uh, yeah, a cool action sci-fi with a little touch of horror. So what about you, Curtis? What'd you give it? I gave it, uh, yeah, I mean, I just want to say too, like I think same with uh, Escape from LA. I think that's a film that might have worked more better in the 80s too. I mean, maybe it, being in the 90s, it, it didn't have the same effect. And I mean, people were, besides, beyond the cult, you know, like people were probably like, who's Snake Plissken? And I'm like, well... You know, maybe if you watch that Escape from New York, but uh, yeah, I gave it a three out of five too. I thought it was okay. I didn't really remember too much about it, but like it, it was entertaining too. It was kind of fun. It obviously it's not his his best work, but uh, you know, it's it's not as uh, terrible as some of the negative reviews say. But I I don't I don't think it's a good movie. I think it's it's a fun movie. It's entertaining. It's uh I think it's a kind of a so so script done by a masterful film filmmaker as we've seen too. So three out of five for me. 
Uh, Quinn or John gave it three out of five too, and he was very generous to leave his comments. Thank you, John. I'll read out his notes really quick. A part of me wishes that this could have been the fabled Snake Plissken sequel. Parts of Desolation Williams would have worked for his character, and the film has a similar sort of nihilistic tone. But credit to to Carpenter for creating a genuinely good and unique weird western, his first non-adaptation or sequel since In the Mouth of Madness. Uh, it's no surprise that his most recently written works, this film, Escape from LA, They Live, and Prince of Darkness, are all the best of his later career. The film overcomes some shitty editing and capital words, brutally overlit <laughs> sets with its fun characters and atmosphere. This is more or less jo- uh, Carpenter's Doom with uh, narrative nods to his Apocalypse trilogy and The Fog. His more twangy score from Vampires is subbed out for a pulsating new metal score. And as an aside, I appreciated that this wasn't so misogynistic and dour like that film. Instead, it featuring a diverse and fun cast, including baby Jason Statham, Species' uh, Natasha Henstridge, Leah Duvall, um, Ice Cube, and Pan Greer in her second Carpenter appearance. I dug the red hues and be- camp tone, but wish it looked better. And why are all the big K and B made moments so bland? The ball, like balloon crash and other explosions look like dog shit. Laugh my <laughs> ass off. Yeah, they did, didn't age very well, did they? <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, I think that's true. And I mean, you don't have annoying sure. James Woods like making a comment every every scene or something. Too, I couldn't stand him in vampires. I was like, fuck, this guy, this guy ever shut up? <laughs> yeah. So you don't have to worry about him in New Mexico this for this movie at least. You got, you got Ice Cube. Oh. You got Ice Cube and Pangaree. You're okay. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. So, yeah, no, that's that's a pretty. Pretty hard, uh, three out of five, which is, uh, you know, okay. Go check it out. It's fun to watch for a for a weekend. I think you know you can watch this and you can watch Good Time, and you'll have a good time times two. You know, so That's it'll right. make for a fun night. Nice short film, so not too yes. long. That's right. Yeah, so I guess that concludes our. We just kind of had a run through of Ghosts of Mars, and the next week we got Quinn's next pick. So what are you? Uh, why don't you tell us about what we're going to uh, look at next week, Quinn? Yeah, so this or next week's going to be one of my canon episodes, one of a movie that um, you know, that's particularly special to me and it, it's an Irish film called Waking Ned Divine. So, um for those who are listening, feel free to watch it yourself this week and then you can come along for the ride uh when we record next week and talk about our thoughts on that one. Um super super fun movie, very very well done. Um funny, belly laughs. You'll there's a lot of memorable moments in it that will stick with you um check out my instagram at seat struck reviews um i you know i do uh positive movie reviews and stuff that i really like so i can all help. the good stuff yeah, yeah no, ba- so no vampires <laughs> yeah no no uh, and i watch i watch quite a bit but i only review the stuff that i feel um that i can i can kind of write about and 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 i like to recommend to people so check check me out at seat struck reviews uh on instagram um did you have a new people? do you have a new review too or is it uh I think there's a couple that are coming up soon, I think. Yeah, there, yeah, there's definitely a couple that are coming up soon. Um, I'm working on a couple. Um, I'll be probably releasing a couple this week, I imagine. Um, and then also, uh, check out John's podcast. Uh, he does one called Domestic Pints Only, where him and his friends, um, they drink and talk about mm-hmm. beer and rate beer and all that stuff. The boys, super yeah, podcast. yeah. DPO. Have you, have you have you done? You did a cameo on it, or, or I have not yet? Not, yeah, I have not yet, but I am very excited. Oh, um, I think you'd be great for it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, no, I, uh, I, I am very excited to do that podcast for sure. Um, oh, it's a lot so of fun. Can, oh, for sure. Yeah, check out Domestic Pints Only. 
Uh, and what about you, Curtis? You got anything to plug or mention? Um, not too much. I have a personal website that my brother did recently, which is uh, pretty cool. Um, so that's uh, curtisrunstedler.ca, which is kind of cool. I'm going to try and promote more of, my, more of my writing on there too. I've, I'm trying to publish my, uh, my, my PhD dissertation as a book. Um, so <laughs> once I get a contract, I'll, I'll be promoting it on there. So pretty cool. Um, otherwise, I have a uh, I read sometimes the occasional review on um, my friend my friend's um, website thebackrow.com. Uh, so check that out. Curtis Runstedler's DVD pick of the month. Um, but sometimes they talk about movies that are in cinema too. So technically, not on DVD. And who knows? Maybe the word DVD might be even a little obsolete by now. But <laughs> I mean, it's I I, I enjoy doing it. So uh, yeah, we have um we're 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 running out of Carpenter films. I think we have the uh, the Ward coming up next, which is. Uh, probably terrible and then we have uh we're gonna have a special episode on the masters of horror so we did two masters of horror episodes um john revisited them he said they're really good so i'm kind of keen to check them out again one of them is called cigarette burns it's about a snuff film i don't remember what the other one's about but uh, yeah it should be fun to check it out again and then we're i think we'll probably have a watch series maybe on someone else maybe ridley scott i i can't remember who who the other one i think it was ridley scott yeah <laughs> but uh yeah so i think to all of our listeners uh thanks for tuning in uh, watch out for those ghosts of mars and any vampires and uh have a great uh weekend yeah thanks guys thanks for tuning in see you next time you know how we Like me on the black and white ivory, getting six on a teetily. You don't wanna see a Jeep break your jokes like dishes. Buster off the tricks, sleep with the fishes. Running from Lennox up at Venice. They wanna have me in stripes like Dennis the Menace, but that ain't popping, ain't no stopping. Faux hopping, ass dropping, cook the bill. My truth can heal. Fool, I got skills. So back on up, boy, check that chin down the Offhand, you get no love, and I thought you knew it, fool. You know how we do it.